last time on Dice Funk. Alexander, I need you to make a delivery to Beatrice Beauregard. Once the Sephiroth is delivered to Crown, this system will tear itself apart. Like control group, like a, like a rat in a cage kind of shit? He is making a lot of rats, and it's about to get very interesting, and I'm so, so excited to study it. Listen, we just smoked six dudes all at once. And when she gets to Frank, she's going to hold up a picture of Frank, super muscular, with, like, awesome, like, strength powers and lightning shooting out of his hand, and you are going to get healed, because that's cure wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, Frank is very ready for this new child, yes! I have to find where Solomon Luna is for Cat. Welcome to team. We just kind of wanted to have a quiet life and oh my goodness, that spiraled out of control. In a moment, there's like a glint in her eye, like a golden sheen almost, as her hand kind of moved towards the the console and unconsciously she begins to enter the code. The door slides open. The gecko throws his hands up and he's like, what? (laughs) And I'm going to blast him straight through the face with my bullet. All right, his head explodes. Do any of y'all motherfuckers want to die today? Those were not new numbers. You wide. Oh, you wide. Why you lie? Why you always lying? Why you always lying? Mmm, you lying. <laughs> hey, do you guys ever record a Duchess of Dragons podcast for the listening enjoyment of the audience? Yeah, it's as good a reason as any to be up at midnight. Maybe. Okay. okay. I don't know. <laughs> the enthusiasm is electric. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right, so when we last left the adventure, you guys were taking the subway back up to North Valentine. Uh, All of you either almost died, uh, committed a murder, or witnessed a murder in the the last day. So you're all pretty shaken. Uh, Reese Bottom, in particular, very newly traumatized by what just happened. But right now, you're all laser-focused on going to Beauregard Textiles to meet up with Alexander, uh, Frank's ex-husband. Um, so you guys get off the subway and you're going to walk over there. Anything you guys talk about uh, or want to establish on the way over there? I don't, I don't know much more beyond what we were already doing on the train beforehand, unless there's questions that Reese specifically has for us. I mean, maybe, I mean, Reese knows we're going to snitch on Cat, right? Like... I don't believe Reese does anything of the plans right now. <laughs> she was kind of just dropped off at your feet. <laughs> it's like, don't make, don't let her die. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she she basically thinks she's in protective custody. Um, I also want to establish, uh, when you guys dropped the APC off in the desert and walked into town, that was the last time George, the drone, was seen on screen. Is he in the car uh, guarding it slash waiting to be your getaway driver? Or is he just like in Lenora's backpack or something just chilling? No, George left behind. Okay, so he's just safe and snuggled up? Yeah, I wouldn't leave him alone in the car, abandoned in the desert. Okay, I just noticed while editing the last time, he hasn't actually spoken in a while, and I just wanted to establish where he was. He's in sleep mode. Okay, 
Beep boop night. Yeah. If, if if anyone I guess has a, has any questions for Frank about the person about his ex husband that we're like chasing after, I, feel free to ask. So are we like uh, going to a, a safe house or something? Um, I wish that were the case. Um, we are hopefully going somewhere that will. Keep some people important to me safe by going there. That is the hope. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, I know. I know we're being a bit cryptic with answers right now. L- long, long story. I trust you. But, <laughs> look, okay, I'll give you the short answer. We're gonna go see my ex-husband, and then hopefully we're gonna go snitch to the cops on someone so that we can be safe. That's like the long and short of our day. Uh, speaking of day, actually, I think it's night because you guys uh, drove across the desert uh, after the Fort Splendor mission. It took all night. You got to air and aeronautics in the morning and then you guys spent most of the day there. Um, you've actually lost consciousness for a while uh, until like nighttime. Then you drove across the desert back to Valentine. That took all night. and It was morning. And then you spent the whole day running around Valentine checking on your family. So by my calculation, it is now basically nighttime. Well, in that case, that's how we're spending all night. <laughs> all right. That's a rough plan. Probably not relevant, but just for flavor. Nora's gonna use Cantrip to send a message uh, to Frank, and it's unlimited, so also Ed, and be like, should we just tell her so that it's not like, surprise, we're snitching on Katarina, here's the betrayal. Yeah, Reese has got to at the very least be aware that Kat like, dropped off the face of the earth pretty quick, pretty hard, so... Also, I'm just really tired of betrayal. Not in message, uh, Frank's going to ask her. Reese, um, look, I, I, I know that you and Kat, like, talk and stuff. Do you know much of what's been going on with Kat? No, I mean, she hasn't answered my calls or texts or my Venmos or anything. So I don't really know what's, what's going on so much, but it sounds like she's into some bad stuff. Do you have to send money every time you Venmo yeah, chat? Yeah, I was like, why are you have <laughs> <Yeah>. Venmo? <laughs> every time. Sometimes, the, the implication is that there was at one point in time to get a response from Kat, you had to pay her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So just like, putting our cards on the table, we we gave Kat some lee- leeway. We were working with Kat, we tried to give her the benefit of the doubt, and we are in a pretty bad spot due in no small part to the fact that Cap made a lot of unilateral decisions without our say-so and put us in a very bad spot. And be aware that right now we are not we are not in a position where we are willing to trust Cat right now. Are you trying to kill her? Oh, nah. Nah, dog. No. That's crazy. All right, so the party arrives at Beauregard Textiles. Um, it's a big uh, building that includes a factory floor and a bunch of... It, this is the main manufacturing plant uh, for all of Bo's clothing stuff. Actually, most of it is outsourced and done in like sweatshops in other countries. But this is basically her own personal Willy Wonka factory where uh, he messes around with all kinds of experimental designs and stuff. So there's like a lot of Modron here as kind of his Oompa Loompas, as you will. Yes. Um, and they're just doing their their biz. You guys are in disguise, actually. So you don't get swarmed in the street as wanted uh, 
murderers. Uh, so you walk in and people see you, but they don't really react. And you guys go into the waiting area um, outside of the executive elevator. You, when you used to visit Bo, you just walked in because you were invited. But now you're waiting and there's a receptionist who tells you, like, uh, if you have a meeting, we'll call you when it's time. Otherwise, we don't take walk-ins. Can we? Can I see like over her shoulder any like names on like the schedule or something? Because mm. I'm tall and cats have good eyes. Yeah, it sounds like you want to make a perception check. Be nice to be tall. <laughs> yeah, it actually rules. Oh no, a six! I'm too high. Jesus, I smoke too much weed, <laughs> too many blunts. All right, so Lenora just lights up a fucking fatty right in the <laughs> lobby. Uh, no, you try to look over the uh, secretary's like um, desk and see your paperwork, and you can't. It's upside down. You can't read it. <laughs> um, and so you guys are sitting there waiting in the lobby. Uh, do you guys want to do anything right now? I'm like, is it worth just like dropping them a text or something? Like, is that a is that a dropping dropping Beauregard a text? Yeah, is that like a terrible idea right now? <laughs> Uh, 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 given the fact I think that the entire crown group is hunting us down in some capacity, at least it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I should make this implication clear. The reason Ash used Alexander to ferry the Sephiroth here instead of just walking over and delivering it himself is because Ash correctly assumed that if he just showed up unannounced, Bo would have him tortured to death for information and ash was correct in that assumption yeah. bo, yeah. bo is very yeah. uh like genial and straightforward but is is dangerous and everyone knows that in character okay what if we hit up uh skell mm-hmm. i want to hit that man in the internet be like hey can you arrange a liaison with bo but we're trying to mess with we're trying to mess with crown can you help us so, do you want to ro- roll persuasion to get Skell to assist your mission? 20 crits! Well, <laughs> uh, so Skell, Skell uh, well, the original Skell, so I call them Skell 1 and Skell 2. Skell 1 was good friends with Bo, and so would never do anything to harm Bo. Skell 2 seems to have carried that over, although you can't be 100% sure. Um, so, instead of just delivering you to Bo when you guys might be dangerous, Skell does, per your crit, help out but maybe not in the way you were expecting mm. so you, know, you guys get you get a message from scale lenora uh-huh. which says um what that scale do yeah what that scale do um you just you just get a message that says one minute i'm, I'm i got a watch going here you know <laughs> better be exactly one minute that's reassuring or else, or else he's too snappy or too slow Either way, he loses. <laughs> All right, so you guys just stare at your phones and watches for one minute, just waiting patiently because you're taking it extremely literally. And as the 60th second passes, there's a ding in the executive elevator and the door is open. Is it Bear? Bird? The Bear? Uh, it is not. Damn. It is. I'm going to add an icon to the roll 20. Uh-oh. <laughs> Shishomaru? <laughs> oh, no, what's Shishomaru doing here? <laughs> oh, no. That's that's mostly for Lauren's enjoyment. <laughs> hey, fuck off. No one needs to know about that. <laughs> what? He's a pretty fox boy. Can't we all just admit that? <laughs> okay, thank you, Chris. So we've never seen Alexander LeVay on <gasps> oh screen God. before. He's hot. Ah, that's, that's my pretty fox boy. <laughs> so Frank's ex-husband, 
um, is a, I would say a beautiful man. There's actually a specific word I would use to describe him, which is- Is he bishy as fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say bishonen, but bishy as fuck is basically the same thing. It's a Japanese word, which means beautiful boy. I'm very excited. I now now get to put a face to my beautiful boy. Yay. I heard Fox Boy earlier. Is is this implying- that he's a Henge yokai or something like that, or I mean, the character that Roll Twenty is based on is it's it's a Japanese folklore thing. But uh, as far as you guys know, Alexander is a human. Mm. Um, he, I mean, in this world, probably nobody is a hundred percent anything. Um, but he is he is a just an, a a very attractive man. Going off of Frank's anime aesthetic, that was my inspiration for this. Not just dunking on Lauren specifically, <laughs> and sure, uh, her her tastes. Um, so I would describe him as a well-dressed man, like a blazer slacks, very long hair, shoulder length, if not longer. Um, he, he has this kind, he's a journalist, but he dresses better than that. And, uh, he is basically your anime husband Wait, or ex-husband. Like Anderson Cooper, but prettier. Yeah, I don't know if he's as old as Anderson Cooper, but when he does get older, he will look like Anderson Cooper. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. The doors open, and this once again, his name is Alexander Lavey, L-A-V-E-Y, um, and your kids are, have the last name Lavey hyphen Westerly. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors open. He is alone. He sees Frank, and he lets out a kind of surprised uh, scoops. What are you doing here? <laughs> I um, I need to chat with you for a minute. Is there somewhere we can do this? Because we need to talk right the heck now. Uh, he looks uh, a little worried, but he also has this kind of confidence. I would almost describe it as like icy. Oh. Uh, so he, as you are almost 100% sure, knows you are a wanted criminal right now. But he uh, confidently strides out of the elevator and like around a corner out of the lobby into just kind of one of the hallways in Beauregard textiles and just stops and turns and looks at you and says, what have you gotten yourself into? I wish I knew. And I'm trying to get myself sorted out of this. Look, (laughs) there's going to be time to talk about, to talk about my stuff. I'm getting it out the way I'm getting it sorted. I've got, I've got one question for you. Do you have any idea what you've gotten yourself involved in? He actually looks down at this point, as if thinking about what, whether or not to explain to you what's going on from his perspective. He isn't sure if he trusts you. Just tell me one thing. What? Is it true what they're saying about you? What they're saying about me is <laughs> largely exaggeration of a situation I was forced into. That went wildly awry because of the actions of someone that I no longer understand. He looks at you like directly in the eye and he says, Have you endangered our children? Probably. And here's, here's why I need to ask you. This is why I ask you if you know what you've gotten yourself involved in. But from what I can tell, you are wrapped up in exactly the same thing and you've done so knowingly. Let's not pretend that you're not wrapped up in this right now. <laughs> when the Warforge showed up at my house, disguised as Solomon Luna, I didn't know at first that it was a trick. But when he handed me that orb, 
the crystal orb with the the lights and the colors inside of it and I touched it it's hard to explain I felt something some kind of it's going to sound corny <laughs> some kind of truth ooh take hold of me and I saw inside of him his heart and I knew he was lying but I couldn't figure out a way to get out of it without tipping my hand and endangering the children. So I delivered it for him. But even after I gave the orb to Beauregard, it's still, I still feel it. It's powerful. And when you just said to me that you endangered our children, I, I felt that it was true. I can't undo where I'm at now. The least I can do is try and fill you in on what some degree of what's going on to try and keep these kids safe because I, for whatever issues we have right now, please, you have to believe me that the one thing I wanted out of all of this was for them to be safe. That was the top thing I was trying to do, and I've messed it up, but I am trying. There is truth in that. I know that, Frank. I can feel it. But I know also that a lot of what you've done you've done for yourself your own feelings about failing us and your inadequacies and you've always known you were spending too much money you were risking too much you were getting into deep it's not that you don't know what the right thing to do is it's just it's hard for you to follow through you're right I know it like, that's not... If I really wanted those kids to be safe, I could have just walked away and never seen them again and they'd have been better off than they are now. I know that. And I know that with hindsight. But where I'm at right now is that I can't undo that choice. No matter how much of it was for myself and just wanting to have you all back and how much wasn't, I tried to get out of cards because I know that they... I know that they're a problem for me. I try to make some money to try and get some stability. I'm heading somewhere to try and clear my name and clear everything off and to just look after you all. Like, protection. Right now, protection for you and the kids is all I want to achieve. But I know that even if I come out of this and I never have another chance to see you or the kids... That's the price worth paying if it keeps you all safe. And that is something that truly knowing how to protect you is not something I've uh, really understood until coming into contact with that same swirly thing that is now giving you a bit of truth insight. (laughs) It's like the therapist said, Frank, you're not a bad person. You just, you're wired a little differently. I don't know how to help you. I've tried, and I can't see everything from your perspective, but I know you have a good heart and that you can take responsibility. But even if everything you said is true, I can't let you see the kids until you clean this up. You cannot bring this into their lives 
I hope you know that that's not personal. It's not vindictive. It's just, it's not safe. It's not healthy. I understand entirely. Just make sure that the kids know that my absence is not out of lack of desire. I just don't want them thinking that I've not shown up because I don't care. He puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, it's just that sometimes caring isn't enough. I'm going to go. I I came here because I was worried that you might, you might have been involved in this without being aware of the risk that the kids were at. I never really saw the forest of the trees, I suppose. <laughs> but just keep yourself and them safe and I'll go and sort my stuff. I would wish you good luck, but I've seen you play cards. I know you don't have much use for it. <laughs> yeah, luck was uh, a fickle friend. Yeah, in the elevator for for non card players, uh, he's called you Scoops, which is like just a reactive like little pet nickname. Uh, scooping in card games, when you lose, uh, you are said to scoop up your cards and walk away. It's basically like <laughs> a teasing, like "Oh, you lose a lot." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it used to be affectionate, and now it maybe it has a little bit. Of cruelty, although he just said it reactively. Like, we just you date someone for long enough and you just go, oh, honey, oh, baby. You know, <laughs> it's just like you stop using their name. And so he had to, like, actively correct back to Frank after yeah. he was no longer shocked by you being there. I, I think at this point, Frank's going to go back kind of dejected and just very quietly go to everyone like, Alex is fine. We, uh, we should really be going and get, trying to get things cleared up ding the elevator opens and a brown bear <gasps> walks out reese turns into a mouse and runs away <laughs> ed, ed will ed will follow after reese uh try and just subtly walk away bird the bear is sniffing around oh no moving i want to say hi because we're best friends but i gotta go 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 Let's fucking book it. It's sniffing around for Lenora. It gets it's got the scent. Friend scent. Oh no, we're booking it. We're booking it. <laughs> okay, so you guys run away? Yeah. Yeah, because he'll blow our cover. He did. He just wanted to be friends. Well, when we clear our name, I'll come back and pet him. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to work out. It's all going to be okay. All right. So you guys have a meeting with uh, Justice Alistair of the Administrative Branch at the Supreme Court in the morning. In the meantime, all of you are out of spell slots and nearly dead, so I assume you're going to want to take a little nap in the meantime. How do you go about that? Ed's, Ed's pretty okay, but... Frank could definitely do with some sleep. Oh, right, right, right. The other people in the party. <laughs> right. Where is, where is safe to go sleep that we haven't like used up all of our favors at? Are there capsule hotels? <laughs> um yes although remember when you guys got paid you immediately gave it all away hey reese will you put us up in a capsule hotel <laughs> uh i mean i guess i can for the night um should i save receipts <laughs> for the reimbursement is graves gonna reimburse me or I, i'm confused as to how this whole arrangement goes on do i send it to the police 
I'll get you. We'll get you back later. Just hold on to it. Don't definitely don't send it to the police, please. <laughs> oh no, I I keep all of my receipts. I also individually glyph of warning on every single one of them so that no one will take them either. <laughs> People want your receipts. <laughs> well, the only way you really can know is if you're sure and you really double check all of them to make sure. You know, maybe identity theft's a thing. Lenora's just gonna like give her pats on the head. <laughs> Like, okay, they're there. This feels demeaning, but thank you. You're welcome. If it means if it means anything, as long as I can sit in the same room as someone else, then I don't really need to be in a capsule. Wait, wouldn't it be cheaper to just get a cheap motel room and all sleep on the floor? How many people can we sleep inside, like, the boot of a car? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fairly risky to do as well. <laughs> These are some real-ass struggle conversations. <laughs> Yeah, you've never been you've never been broken until you've been like, yeah, I'll take you up on that offer to sleep in the boot of your car. I was homeless for an entire year, so high five, woo, snout <laughs> fun. What do you guys do? I think we're doing a hotel. If Reese has the money to like squeeze us all in somewhere to sleep, yeah, we will just be like, yeah, we'll totally get you back, Reese. Doesn't seem too difficult. She. Does have money in terms of like enough to be a little comfortable, so I'm sure she could afford a one night at a right. hotel. She seems responsible. I'm sure she has a savings account. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys are going to go to a, a motel uh, to take a long rest, get your health, get your slots, get your all your stuff back, mm-hmm. fresh and ready to snitch in the morning. Love that snitching. Love to snitch. Meanwhile. Oh no, Katerina. Mm-hmm. Your eyes flutter as you feel the wind on your face as you begin to regain consciousness. You are hundreds of feet off the ground, <laughs> slumped across the Ziz drone. You blacked out sometime after escaping from the manufacturing facility, uh, riddled with bullet wounds, and you managed to stumble onto your transport and fly away before the world went dark. What are you up to? How are you feeling? How's Katarina Brooks? She's doing great. Mm. She's 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 super good all the way around, uh, except for the emotional and physical tolls. That's that's pretty extensive. <laughs> so she is going to be looking for some place to get to safety as soon as she can, because she needs to try to start patching herself up. Uh, but there is a brief moment where she stops and swipes a liquor bottle. Actually, no, I should still have plenty of liquor left from before when I stole everything from Richard Sharp's office. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to stop for liquor at this point. I'm just going to head straight over to like a safe place. Okay. So you have, uh, your infinite pocket still half full of liquor cause you sold a bunch of it to get the authorization fixed, but you still have enough to, uh, drown your sorrows and disinfect your wounds where where specifically you going back to the abandoned warehouse district to nap yeah the abandoned warehouse district uh if that's a little too hot right now then the abandoned rock quarry district that's (laughs) that's another good spot (laughs) yeah i mean nice yeah there almost certainly is one the problem would be that it would be in uh it would be in south valentine which would require you taking the subway what with a drone and also riddled with bullet holes probably not the greatest idea you've ever had probably not it's not my smartest move. So you kind of crash land in an alley in the abandoned warehouse district, crawl 
uh, behind some trash bags or something and sleep it off. Wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. vodka all over, inside and all over. It's a really versatile medicine. Uh, Katarina wants to, uh, actually before she goes to sleep and everything, mm-hmm. she wants to take out her phone and she wants to call Graves. All right, so you dial up Inspector William Graves, who I, the timeline is, of course, jumbled because this is a podcast. We'll assume you uh, blacked out for a while and you're catching him after he has dropped off Reese. Mm. And so he answers you. You can hear the um, sound of stuff going on in the background. It sounds like he's in a place doing some kind of legwork. And he says, uh, hi, Brooks, what's up? I just dropped off your friend. She's safe and not dead, so. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, what's up, good looking? <laughs> Are you high? No, it's, you know, I've had to drink a lot of scotch. I thought it was vodka. So, it's, it's can be a lot of things. Scotchka. Scotchka. It's a vot, vodkila, who if you insult me on Twitter, they will text you back and say, we're sorry you feel that way. <laughs> FYI. Which I imagine they must have a robot for, because they have to get that a lot. Uh, she's going to uh, <laughs> say to Graves, so, tell me about your kids. Uh. I don't think you should be drinking on the job, Brooks. It's it's unbecoming and also probably dangerous. Do you need... I'm not, I'm not drunk, asshole. I need something to take my mind off the fact that I have to pull bullets out of my skin right now. Have you considered not getting into a shootout at every single location? Have you tried maybe sneaking or some kind of social manipulation thing? Get someone to walk under a piano suspended by wires? That sounds like a pretty good plan, but I'm at a distinct lack of pianos and people to walk under them right now. A lot of these assholes are really holding themselves up somewhere tight. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I've... What you want me to monologue about my kids? How what, what are your parents like? I don't know my parents. Oh, yeah, I can't keep all your you and your friends' backstories straight. I forgot. <laughs> Y'all have very colorful lives. Yeah, we're a real fucking motley crew of dickheads. Rude. <laughs> I can't make that the title. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Grave says I I have three kids, ten and under. They're a bunch of fucking idiots, but that's kind of adorable. Uh, none of them are going to do anything particularly interesting. I'll probably use my influence to get them jobs and they'll spend their careers beating up poor people. It's pretty sweet. The system sucks, but that's what creates opportunities for people with go-getter attitudes. You're not like a let's go play catch in the yard kind of dad, it doesn't sound like. Do you know the probability of going pro? The best athletes in the world are always going to lose out to just whatever demon walks into this dimension is eight foot eight. You're just, it's never going to, it's, that's, it's foolish waste of time. (laughs) I'm trying to think how I can turn Super Bowl 42 into an entire elaborate D&D joke. (laughs) And it won't come to me now, but it's going to come to me tonight about like... Eli Manticore and <laughs> the smallest giant. Yeah. Yeah, the the Giants, come on. This the league is totally unbalanced. The Giants win every game. <laughs> they just give it to their 20-foot tall running back over and over again. Yeah. And the Owl Bears suck so bad. 
Their encounter level is too low. They shouldn't be in the same league. I know. That's what I'm saying. Sports is a fool's racket. It's basically just glorified uh, gambling. It's bad. So any parent who lets their kid dream of becoming a professional athlete is committing child abuse. Kill your kids' dreams. This all sounds too real. This is, there's a bit of commentary going on here. Just a bit. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Is this a little hitting a little close to home, Austin? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, Graves has been pretty open about his whole, like, there's two sides of the gun thing. He recognizes the injustices and unfairnesses of the system. It's just where Ash was like, therefore, burn it down. Uh, Graves is like, therefore, let me get a piece. Gary is going to say, you know, there should be a sequel to Trophy Kids <laughs> where instead it's parents who are like you who do the same shit, but you just don't encourage your kid to be good at all. I think that'd be an interesting. You sound like a dickhead parent, but that's not my real place to talk. I just need something to drown out the silence as I, I pull this this bullet out of my femur. I mean, you can't argue with the results. Neither of us had our parents, <laughs> Katarina, and look at us. True that. We're incredibly successful, smart, strong, powerful <laughs> people. We're about to control the most powerful corporation on the entire continent. Parental neglect rules. Uh, yeah. So, hey, uh, I need, like, a small favor from you. I'm already hunting down Luna. I delivered your friend. You took my gun. You broke my nose. What? <laughs> and I've killed four heads of crown for you already, all right? We're not keeping score, Brooks. Uh, you listed three things. I did four, so you're going to help me out with this. Oh. I need a grenade. Another one? He just face palms so hard that you hear him go, Fuck! Ow! God damn it! I forgot about my nose. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about the metal plate there. Damn it! Why, okay, I was gonna say I was about to say why do you need a grenade, but then I realized that's possibly the <laughs> stupidest thing anyone's ever said on a phone call before. The question is why does Julia Mild want a grenade? Probably for the same reason. Oh, for the spices. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, so uh, we got flashbangs and smoke at the station. I assume you want shrapnel. Yeah, give me that good shit. I can. I can, I can make it happen. That's my boy. All right, I'm gonna hang up now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, fine. You can't hear it because you you hung up on him, but he continues bitching at you for a while before realizing <laughs> you've hung up. Which is weird because I announced I was going to basically. <laughs> yeah, he was just too in his own feelings. I like to think that he, like, he finishes, he's really angry, and then he turns over to the Doge picture, he's just like, you always bring me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, we need that uh, thing of the, a uh, Wolverine pictures. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the little thing in the frame, it's, like, it's just Doge. Yeah, he just puts a loving hand on it, and he's like, oh, buddy, you're always there for me. Oh, Doge, you're the only one who understands me. <laughs> All right, does Katarina do anything else besides take a nap and collect her grenade in the morning? No, that's that's more or less where she's at right now. All right, so this arc finally is coming to some sort of culmination. Oh, boy. Da, da, da. You guys wake up in the hotel uh, as fresh as you can possibly be for fugitives wanted for murder and nearly beaten to death on multiple occasions. Um, you guys walk over to the Supreme Court. It's a very early morning. 
earlier than any of you normally get up. Maybe except for Ed because you don't need to sleep. But it's it's that's right. Notably early in the sense that there's like very little traffic. Um, I've been thinking of this arc like if we need like a name for like the wiki or whatever <laughs> for like future reference. So mm. after because all the previous arcs were named after the locations, but this one doesn't have a single location. So I've been thinking of it as kind of like the hunter and the hunted. If Katarina is the hunter and the rest of you are hunted by the people who want to take, bring you to justice, most notably Archon. But for manga fans out there, you, of course, can just call it hunter hunted. The X is silent. <laughs> um, but that's coming to an end. So you guys walk up to the Supreme Court. Is everybody ready? I assume you're all uh, dressed inappropriately, but it's too late to fix that. Uh, disguise self. Hey, 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 it is canon that yesterday at Ed's, Frank changed into, like, a relatively presentable shirt. And then you got into a fight while wearing those clothes. Shh. It's, it's more likely to be presentable than anything else Frank could ever have worn. <laughs> we made it, we made it canon, he at least tried to be presentable. Plus the Noir can use our prestidigitation to clean any mud and blood off. Exactly. So you guys do your best. That's, that's worth something. Yep. Um, you guys walk in, and um, you see, of course, there are uh, police officers in here, not Archon, because they are hunting you on behalf of the military branch, and Algernon set this up through administration, so this is not uh, something that everyone's aware of. It's kind of on the DL, um, and you guys are ushered into a side courtroom in which you see Justice Alistair. And I actually went back and listened because I've only talked about this character like twice and I did use male pronouns, but I'm calling an audible, which is football for I changed my mind. Uh, this is a woman, a lizard folk, and more specifically, a crocodile Ooh. kind of lizard folk. Snout. Snout. Um, and she is sitting at the bench in uh, judge's robes, has a big gavel, of course, Natch. And there are a lot of cops in this room. <laughs> there are... Uh, like basically a row of cops on two different walls. I'm going to say probably a 10 altogether in this room. And there were more outside. So she did not let you walk into this meeting four against one. But also um, she doesn't seem hostile. You walk in and she says, well, this is most unorthodox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that this is. Uh, Thank you for meeting with us today. Hello. Hello, Madam Justice. <laughs> gavel, 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 gavel. It's like, oh, order, order. I did not ask for introductions and fair greetings. <laughs> there are only so many law things I know how to say, so I'm going to say order many times. Gavel, 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 gavel. I like ironic coming for the law student. Just, mm, mm. They, Well, I guess I'm just going to throw out all my prepared material because you've called my fucking ass out. <laughs> Um, but yeah uh, Justice Alistair Justice is a a title not a a name for the record that is what you call no I know uh, judges okay Uh, we have we have a multinational audience Um, although it would have been pretty great to just call this character (laughs) Justice as a first name but we've had a character named Justice before so that would be that would create confusion to be fair as a completely unrelated side note the whole the only thing I've been able to picture since you mentioned that uh, she's a crocodile is that you can hold a crocodile's mouth shut like really easily because their jaw muscles don't open very strongly. Aww. And I'm now just picturing a judge who's like putting down a sentence you don't like and you just kind of hold their mouth shut with your fingers <laughs> just like, no. You grab her snout. No. Yeah, if I just like use two fingers, you can't say your sentence. That's all that's been going through my head. 
that's a very vindictive way to approach the situation. But please tell me she's got like a barrister's wig. Natch. Okay. Big fluffy white wig for either that or she's Judge Judy. Mm, they're both very good. I'm gonna uh, another justice walks in. This one's Judge Judy. <laughs> A crocodile Judge Judy. Yeah, an alligator. No. Oh, Florida, represent. Yeah. Um, so uh, the judge, of course, gavel, 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 says, um, all right, let's not waste time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what, you do not like my accent, cat? <laughs> <laughs> I am a proper fop. <laughs> what? <laughs> a fop. That's great. <laughs> Jeeves, bring me my other gavel. <laughs> I need to. I would require. I, I need to dual-wield gavels for this encounter. Yeah. I could use a bonus action to throw another objection mm-hmm. from whatever it is. I don't, I don't know law terms. So Alisar says, uh, let's not waste any time. Um, begin the testimony. If you wish to clear your names in this action, these criminal charges... Take the stand and speak in your defense. <laughs> Today? Are we supposed to talk? Am I? Should I talk? Lenara's gonna step up to the, the thing. I'll get a third gavel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use my tail. Ah, that's what I was gonna say. Don't question it. All right. Begin the testimony. Hello. I don't know. I became a Skeksis somewhere. Yes, in there. yes. Do the rest of it as a Skeksis. Uh, yes. Gaffling. Yes. So. Okay. Speak in your defense. So wait. The basically what's happening here. I don't want to walk through the fake legal system and bore the audience. But if you guys want to clear your name, you need to plausibly uh, deny your involvement and pin the blame on someone else. Otherwise, y'all are getting walked into the desert and shot in the back of the head. Okay. Hello, your justiceness, ma'am. Your honor. Your honor, ma'am. <laughs> your honor, ma'am. <laughs> your honor, ma'amness. I hear. Um, hold on. I, I, I laugh too much. Hold on. <laughs> this is very serious. Stop making me laugh. <laughs> I can't think. Um, I wish to testify in my own defense that these charges against me and my compatriots are greatly exaggerated and erroneous, because I know big words. Mmm, erroneous. Yeah, you like that one. (laughs) That time I was Yoda, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Lee, as not including Reese over there, she might be a mouse, she's uh, just, hey, she's just, we're chaperoning her, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Not a crime. <laughs> with the addition of one, Katarina Brooks, we're in the employ of different members of Crown Corporation at, for a time. And during that time, it has said that we had committed many murders and such. However, I and my compatriots here will tell you that the three of us we're not involved in those murders. In fact, we were carrying out our duties as we were supposed to when Katarina went rogue. Okay, so I have to stop you there because yes. as you say, we were not involved in those murders, um, your words catch in your throat as this room is enchanted with a zone of truth. Ah. Ah. 
Uh, because if you had access to that spell, why wouldn't you use it on a courtroom? That's true. Mm-hmm. So what you say is, we were not in the... Sorry, and, hairball. Yeah. <laughs> Most uncouth. I'm sorry, I was grooming a lot. Scales! <laughs> may, I, uh, may I say something quickly? Well, oh, okay, I was going to compliment her scales. That's all right, you got it. <laughs> Cross-examination must wait until the end of testimony. Yeah, we're taking turns, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, madam. I, I, Your honor! Your honor, unfortunately, as a preferred citizen, sometimes that happens. Good save. Um, we did not directly murder anybody by our hand. Uh, you do not say that. No. Because you exploded some people with mind spike, so... That's by my... That's not by my hand. Uh, you actually have to make, uh, semantic gestures when you cast spells, I think. Damn it. Yes. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I know someone's gonna say, uh, Zone of Truth requires a, sp- a save to resist, but they would know if you did that, so... Right, okay. Uh, which is a crime. Attempting to resist Zone of Truth in a courtroom is a crime, so I assume you're not gonna want to do that. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Um, continue the testimony. I saw Katarina personally shoot General Heller. Because that's not a lie. You've solved my truth puzzle. (laughs) 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 Shout out Adventure Zone. Um, all right. So are you done with your testimony? Yeah, I don't know if I can get any better than that. <laughs> Next witness. Okay, Frank's gonna gonna step up. I think I got this. Let's see if I got this. Mm-hmm. The four of us that uh, were originally part of this uh, group taking part in Crown's uh, activities, we were manipulated into taking part by the actions of uh, someone named Nucky, who was uh, in the employ of the military branch and was working to undermine the heads of Crown. Uh, Their intention was that by manipulating us against our will into the game that we ended up playing for the heads, their intention was that we would help them to overthrow Crown, which is not something that we did. Katarina had clearly different intentions. Katarina took it took things upon herself to, without consulting us, murder several people and put Crown on our backs for her own self-interest with disregard to the consequences it would leave us. Is there anything I said in that that I didn't actually say? <laughs> No, I think I, I was listening intently for untruths, and uh, it seemed like you successfully skirted the line there. I didn't hear anything that was just outright false, so I think you you successfully testified. Nice. Damn. Gavel, 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 gavel. Redo, redo. <laughs> Next witness. Uh, Reese is going to stand up and she's going to say, uh, Your Honor, can I leave the court for a minute? That is most unorthodox. Um, I could really use uh, a moment not in this room. What is your name? Uh, it's Reese. Reese Hickenbottom. Ma'am. Justice. <laughs> uh, a bailiff walks over to Alistair and, like, whispers in her ear, and she says, 
There is an arrest warrant out for you. You will do no such thing. I just wanted to help out my friend. She she said that she needed help finding somebody, and I decided to use my position to help her out with it. I, I didn't know that it was going to lead to all this. Gavel, 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 gavel. That is an admission of guilt. Yeah. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Bailiffs, make sure that elf does not leave this courtroom. Lenara's gonna stand up and be like, Your Honor, ma'am. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> I think you should consider, maybe in your great esteemedness, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> your powerful law jaws. <laughs> yeah, your powerful law snout. <laughs> uh, take, take it into your powerful law snout's heart. To maybe grant some clemency upon this sweet lady. She was manipulated, as we all were, by someone we thought was a friend. Katarina didn't manipulate me, I did it because she was my friend. Reese was trying to find Nucky, and again, this is of Nucky's design. Nucky's whole intention was to orchestrate us to end up finding Nucky. Extenuating circumstances are relevant at the sentencing phase, but they do not act as affirmative defenses at the guilt stage. Well, sure, surely, if we're talking about if we're talking about the uh, where the crime has been committed here, surely it is the person who orchestrated this from the top. We should be looking at the person at the top as being the person guilty, which is Nucky here. We cannot indict a murdered man. That doesn't mean you can indict someone living just because the person who is guilty is dead. Watch me! (laughs) (laughs) Don't argue with the the justice. Ed, do you want to chime in? (laughs) We still have one more testimony to hear. It might understand that among the crimes that uh, that we are accused of involves the various officers that died a few weeks back. You are charged with 100 counts of murder, 3 counts of terrorism, 6 counts of treachery, and 7 counts of being a pain in my ass. (laughs) Is that a criminal offense? A large amount of the murders that were committed were not, were caused by other parties. For example... During one of our jobs when working for the heads, of the heads of Crown, we came across an entity that was specifically had an interest in us. And when we left them without in- causing any harm in either direction, that entity in turn led to the death of those police officers. Later on, when it came to the acts of terrorism at Sharp Financial, that was again the same entity who had come in and not only made a threat on our lives, but threatened to kill off Richard Sharp himself, whom we were able to secure and save in the heat of the moment. When it came to the military base situation, there was a heavy amount of confusion and miscommunication that had occurred ultimately devolving into a situation where the general 
was attacking us, and we were employing self-defense against him. This encounter ended with Katarina Brooks firing a pistol into the face of the general. In all of these events, I can only speak for myself personally, but I was never acting in a way to conspire to do harm to the heads of the Crown Corporation or to disrupt their ways of operation. I was merely trying to do what I can to do the jobs to my best capacity. And unfortunately, due to other actions that happened around us, things escalated, things got messy, and unintentional acts of terrorism occur, and several deaths that were unforeseen had happened. Your Honor, Madam Snouterdile. <laughs> you cannot call me Snouterdile. <laughs> that was that was Lord Nalinara. And ma'am, if for extra confirmation of our attempts to be non-murderous, you can go on YouTube and look up <laughs> the video Subway Badasses, blah, 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 whatever the video was called, and see that we do our best to attempt to to not cause violence if we can. Reginald, bring me the tablet so that I may view the Mewtube. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to meme screen and check out what's happening on the internet. Uh, just as Alistair watches the video of you guys non-lethally subduing uh, the wrestlers in the train and says, This is most powerful visual evidence. Hmm, I must consider this in my judgment. Thank you, oh judgiest of judges. <laughs> I am the judgiest, aren't I? Objection! <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the doors kick open, and Katarina's there. No! <laughs> Does Katarina know to be here? <laughs> Katarina is currently on a rampage to kill all the heads of Crown. Is one of them here? Alistair. Yes, Justice Alistair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I record this at like, it's 1.30 in the morning for me. You have to forgive me the occasional mental moment. No, that was adorable. <laughs> it's Frank. It's Frank doesn't realize he's actually talking to a head of Crown. He's just like, this weird crocodile lady. <laughs> Right. Well, to be fair, and that, and that also is one of the reasons why it's easier to talk casually about working for the other heads of Crown, because Justice is aware of the game. So, yes. Yeah. A lot a lot of that. They just let go because they know it's true. But all right. Katarina kicks the door open. This is like a big moment. Yo, what up, dickheads? <laughs> You're a dickhead. Dickhead. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean you guys. I didn't realize you guys would be here. What up? The next person who says dickhead shall be in contempt of court. Uh, 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 it's, it's like that moment from Super Trooper. It's just like <laughs> the next person who says shenanigans gets pistol whipped. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cap, wh what are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing, but I kind of got an idea on what you all hear about now. Well, we don't have any idea what you're doing, so that's why I asked. Is this the Katarina? Enumerated in your testimony, officers of the court, arrest this woman. Be careful, this is someone not to be messed with. 
whenever the first person comes up to attack me, I'm just, I'm going to try to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> okay. So if one gets in range of me, uh, 12, 8, and 14. Uh, nope, none of those hit. So the cop runs over and tries to grab you, and you guys start tussling. You don't get an advantage. Uh, you miss all of your attacks, and they're going to make a strength to try to grapple you. Uh, 10. 25. All right, so cops begin running over, and Katarina starts throwing them aside. She hasn't actually done any damage to any of them yet. But there's a scuffle, and Justice Alistar says, like, Oh, this is most powerful evidence of your case she is indeed a very dangerous actor in these events this pageantry you're gonna see how dangerous i am in a minute uh, <laughs> frank is gonna try and position himself in front of uh justice alistair lenar is also gonna do that mm. body blocking uh justice alistair speaks up and says the most powerful proof of your innocence would be taking this malefactor into custody. You know, I agree with that. Although, I think maybe you being a little too soft there, Judge. And uh, Katarina's going to start walking towards the bench. Uh-huh. And she's going to reach into her pocket. And she's going to pull out one of the guns she's taken from before, from like the extra officers aboard the airship. Mm-hmm. And she's going to hand it towards Frank... Handle first. Oh, snaps. Katarina, don't make us do this. Come on. I get what you're here to do. Officers, stand down. We have most proof positive of innocence being demonstrated among us. I get it. Like, I think it's kind of a weak move, but I get it, you know? You gotta do what you gotta do for yourselves, but... Look, Kat, I've got a pretty strong idea of what you're here to do, and while... <laughs> Well, there's a bit of me that wanted to believe that you can be saved, and there's a bit of me that wants to wants to believe that there is some way out of this. Right, right now, the evidence looks like the own. I will shoot you if I have to, Cap. Go for it. Me, Capper. <laughs> Katarina is going to like. Does Does Frank take the gun? Frank is at the very least hesitating. Like I think he's got his hand on the gun, and he's he's trying to just. Resolve himself for a second. Um, if if that's the case, Kat's going to put her hand on Frank's wrist and pull it up so that the nozzle's right at her her forehead. The barrel, you mean? Barrel, yeah. 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 The nozzle of the gun. It's like a, it's a gun hose. It's like a hose that just shoots bullets all over the this place. This incredibly tense, dramatic moment. Now we're quibbling over nozzles. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dice fun. Nozzles and snoots. That's what we got here. Yeah. All right. The, co the cops stand down and Justice Alistair watches. If you guys kill Katarina, you clear your name. Frank, you can see your kids again. None of you will be wanted by the police. It's not hard to do it, Frank. With a gun, I mean. It's pretty easy. You just... Pull the trigger and it's over in a moment. Does Reese say anything or is she too scared? Reese is like catatonically shook right now. Ed is actually staying close to Reese to keep an eye on her. Katarina. Just why? Why? Why do you want this? This is what it is. Here's the situation. I'm going to kill Justice Alistair, and if I do, you're never going to see your kids again. And I'm sorry about that. Frank pulls the trigger. Yes! Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. There uh -oh. is an ability that monks have that <laughs> yeah. I have not used to this point. 
Deflect missiles? Yes. So when Frank pulls the trigger, I'm going to use deflect missiles and choose to automatically succeed at the deflection with my just with my uh victory power. Oh my you only God. get one you only get one of these per X amount of time, don't you? These yes. succeeds. Yep. And that is going to become the victory bullet that then goes straight to Justice Alistair. Uh Frank is gonna use his um his uh, protection power and deflect it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this one, cat. Oh. So, so the sa- so it's the sanctuary power, yeah, right? Using the sanctuary power to um, force the <gasps> the shot to either be sent to a different target or to be cancelled entirely. Oh my god! Okay, so nobody fucking move. <laughs> it all comes down to this. I just want to recap because this is the most buck wild oh. thing that's ever happened. All right, so. <laughs> Cat walked in, handed Frank a gun, said, shoot me, and then goaded Frank into pulling the trigger. You did. You used deflect missile, and then you used your victory to make an automatic success. And now you are trying to use that success to deflect the missile or the bullet into Justice Alistar. But then Frank is going to activate his conduit of protection to deflect it using Sanctuary, which Katarina needs to make a saving throw to keep her shot. What is the DC on that check? I'm going to assume 15. Yeah, 15. All right, so Katarina, roll the most important dice in the history of this show. What kind of saving throw is it? So wisdom. Okay, so wisdom versus 15. Two. Botch! It's a botch! The bullet is deflected away from Justice Alistair. Oh, and then can, this might be too much. Since I'm right next to them, can I use my magnetic power to direct you back to Katarina? Okay, so. Holy motherfucking shit. Also, can we just note that that was a botch? That too was a botch. It doesn't matter yeah. from the standpoint of the saving throw, but. No, yes. but just for flavor. <laughs> yes. So, this, if this was an NPC, I would say absolutely. Because this is a character Chris is very invested in, I want True. His, I want his input if he thinks this is narratively satisfying. I want to say the bullet comes back and Katarina moves to the side of it, but it catches her arm and blows it clean off. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so visually, Katarina, you put the muzzle of the gun to your own head, Frank pulls the trigger, you you redirect it using victory then towards Alistair, then Frank deflects it around Alistair using his powers, and then Lenore is the one who brings it back around town and blows your arm off. Yes. Alright, Katarina, you lose an arm, and you take damage equal to your HP. You did not activate Barbarian Rage, so you do not have that like you did when you fought Victory inside the video game. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Your arm flops to the courtroom floor. So in that moment, Reese is going to run out and she will run up and try to help Kat. And she's going to try to use Cure Wounds on her. All right, so you run up, and as soon as you pull out your art supplies to try to heal Katarina, cops are going to try to tackle you because they're trying to take this person into custody. When they go to try to tackle her, she's going to turn into a rat. All right. So it's like the old Ant-Man switcheroo. (laughs) Like, they jump, and then they all hit each other in the head. 
Okay, so Reese is a rat now. Does she try to escape or does she try to... What does she do? She's running She's running straight towards Cat. Okay, so there, like I said, there are 10 cops in here and more come because obviously, right? This is the Supreme Court. So they're everywhere. If you try to turn back, they're going to hurt you. No, she's running straight towards Cat and if she can get to her, she's going to use cure cure wounds on her. Okay, so the transforming back is going to take an action. Is anybody else going to intervene? I think I think Frank's just holding the gun and shaking. Like he he's very aware he got goaded into into this. Like it was the mention of you'll never see your kids again, and I think he's just he's made a lot of choices recently. He does not know whether are correct or not, and he's probably just a bit shaken. I don't think he does any takes takes any action right now. Okay, I just want to be clear because if she tries to turn back and then heal Katarina, she's gonna get riddled with gunfire. Yeah, someone needs to stand in and stop, but I don't know if narratively that's Frank. I mean, he's missing step to step over to Reese, and I'm just, she's a rat, so I'm going to grab her. Oh, uh, you are a big cat lady. Uh, do I have to roll to grab her if she's a rat? <laughs> so it was established that uh, Reese was catatonically shocked in the other side of the room, and uh, Katarina was doing this whole big thing in the middle. So she has a way to go. She turns into a rat, runs between the legs of the cops who were running at her. And now she's like, if she turned back, she'd have to take a couple steps and lay hands on. So at that point, uh, Lenora would teleport in between them to stop that. Yeah, then that's that's what's happening because she's going to be transforming back so she can cast her uh, cure wounds on. All right. So Lenora, you missy step in between. Reese and Katarina. Katarina's losing consciousness. Her arm is off. Uh, Reese's hands are glowing with magic. The cops are pulling their guns. Here it is. Would that be... Well, what I rolled is just, like, trying to, like... I'm bigger. I just want to, like, tackle her. Well, she's turned back into an elf, but you're still bigger. I mean, I think that would be a, just a strength check, as we've been doing before, for, like, okay. grapple. I'm not great at strength, but... Uh, neither is Reese. <laughs> yeah, I rolled a five. Sixteen. What happens? I'm just gonna like tackle her, not like not in a painful way, but I'm just gonna like get her to where she can't escape, and be like, "Stand down, cops! I got her." Reese is gonna bite you in the shoulder. <laughs> oh god! I'm gonna take it. All right. I'm gonna sit there and take it. Yeah, paint me this picture, guys. This is the big dramatic emotional climax of this entire first half of the season. Is Reese trying to rush to her friend and? I assume in tears, trying to bite her way through someone who has her best interests at heart. There's cops everywhere. People are yelling. Reese, I know you're worried about her, but they're not going to let her die. They're going to cure her. She'll probably, like, they have doctors. They have better health care in prison than she probably would have had. That's not a commentary on anything. <laughs> There's one more sound that they hear. Uh-huh. The last clink. Of a pulled pin on a grenade. Fucking Christ, Chris oh. is so goddamn good at this fucking game. Oh, Fran oh, oh, Chris, you are too good at this. <laughs> oh no. I'm like right next to that grenade. Yeah, what do you guys do? Ed's going to, at that point, cast haste and mage hand to get Martis' hands out and to get the speed and action bonus. And is going to try to use Martis's hand to run, to reach out, grab the grenade itself if he can, and wrestle it out of Katarina's hands while holding it as close as he can. And is there a window to the outside in this room here? So courtrooms might have uh, 
aesthetic windows, but they don't have openable windows. Um, so mm-hmm. my vision of this is clink, you pull the pin, Ed, with your a very high passive perception, you see that, you cast haste, Martis flies like a mm-hmm. supersonic ghost, his uh, ghostly hand outreached, and manages to pick up the grenade and move it as far away from people as possible, but it still goes off in this room. Mm-hmm. Can I add one last thing that Katarina says? Yeah. She whispers three, or uh, sorry, four last words. Victory at all costs. Oof. Lauren. Austin. Credits. I love credits. May 2018. Whoa, a new month. (laughs) That's... That's what it is. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you want to read me some music credits? I do. Overclocked Remix is a person, not a person. What? (laughs) It's just one guy. It's just one guy. No. Uh, Thanks... Of course, as always, to Overclock Remix for the music, we use Trance Version, an arrangement of Theme from Ghosts and Goblins, and Badass, an arrangement of One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII, as well as Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, aka Neil Sisierga. Check out his music. They're all very good. Thank you for every music. Every single note. Wow. Thanks, guys. Also, other credits. Executive producers, I think. (laughs) Uh huh. Okay, executive producers for May 2018 are Joseph Tombrello, Extellaris, Kerstin Haslinger, Aaron Aeronautics, Jesse Young, Devin Smith, Sivarden Akrosimova, Arna Helgadotter, Brent, The Cult of Gorfanax, Paul Mullen, Dr. Goatman, Toshiro Kuro, Andrew Grothen, Levi the Young, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sever, Morgan Rapp. Andrew Falu, Condent of Mediocrity Itself. Puck. Loannis, Soy My Name, Nicolopolis. Aw, Tenure Skis. Oh, <laughs> is that a joke <laughs> on my name? That's a joke on your name. They wrecked me. Uh, is that Joachim or Joachim? I'm sorry, uh, Joachim slash Joachim Groning. I tried. Jerry Flowers. Jasper Singh. John Barnett. Q Cumber. Hustle Bones. Killer Cotton Chisno? Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Aravalo. Yam. Oh, um, yams are delicious. That's not a name. <laughs> I can't make jokes anymore. Anna Michael. Fuck off. Andrew Birmingham. Jenna Helver. Uh, Douglas Williamson. The Most Wise Guru. Z 23619. Quench the Void. Adorkable Smile. Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Madison McKenzie. Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Villahard. Aline. Maz Jin. Katerion. Ren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tam. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen, please don't butcher my name, Austin Weinwickford. 
<laughs> I switched the order back there to get you the one that specifically called me out by name. Wait, did you do that on purpose? No, did I wish I had me? though. Oh, okay. Joy Fox. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Ken Furstall. Eleanor Nonante sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack. Melly Tish. Arjun DeKonig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Ziphosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Sarah Stone. Thorsten Gross. Castor UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Molstradamus! <laughs> you enjoyed that thing one? in the whole world. Junk 2.0. The Had Cells. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Evgeny Chai. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Jetlifson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankson. Josh Mosier. Indigo Vandane. Anxiety itself. Same. <laughs> Big mood. Sydney Marzing. Just a jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Sewell. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stuhlfarer. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Jorit. Vigar Arnston. Cody Jackson. And August Rue. <sighs> well, we did it, even though you gave me a hard time. I control so much more relentlessly. I guess it's fair, because I feel like every week we own the hell out of you. <laughs> That's basically the show. So you gotta get yours in somewhere. Also, thanks to all the people on the show, like uh, Sketch at sketch.bandcamp.com slash sketch dot sketch. Dot bandcamp slash bandcamp dot sketch slash. Sketch. Skitch.bandcamp.com is the real one. <laughs> I hope you just listen to these because I'll feel really bad. <laughs> Chris is at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. But Laura is Laura K. Buzz, and then also on Kotaku, which you know that. Kotaku Kaktai Snarkner? Yeah. Kotaku.co.uk. Not the American one. Which apparently is different. It is. Click on that one. Who knows what you'll get? Gita Jackson? Who? I, <laughs> this is narrow <laughs> casting of the highest order. Oh, okay. Thanks to the many cats and I think one dog who live in the houses of all of us. Mm-hmm. Good animals. Yeah. Shout out to Zelda and Anna. They're goblins and Smudge, who sounds like a perfect angel. Mm-hmm. Oh, the show. It's at patreon.com slash Austin Oh, shit, us. Yeah. Yeah, and Google Play and iTunes and really everywhere. Is there anywhere it isn't? I don't know. It's on Podbean. Yeah, that bean. Yeah, and you can just like like it and subscribe and comment and do stuff. Tell Austin how great he is. Nobody really knows what any of that does. I hear there are algorithms involved. I love a good algorithm. <laughs> a good algorithm really hits the spot. Yeah, it really takes the edge off. I feel like every time we record credits, everyone's like, oh no, are they okay? <laughs> Let me tell you, we're not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you think this is part where we reassure you and go, no, we're fine. But no, actually, we're dying. Yay, death. <laughs>